The New York Giants have some big decisions looming as they play out these final five games. I'm going to give you a few that can ultimately shape the future of this franchise over these next few weeks. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina, P-Train. Happy Monday to everybody. Or if you're watching this on Sunday, happy Sunday. We're releasing this show a little bit earlier. And with the Giants playing on Monday Night Football, I thought I would do a show regarding some decisions that are looming, whether they be over the next five games, whether they be for the long term, for the offseason. So I made a list of seven things that I feel The Giants need to really be honest with themselves as they go forward in building up this franchise. And the last one I'm going to save for uh, the one that I'm saving for last is actually a, a throwback to something that happened years ago because I see a similarity developing. So I'm going to get to that a little later on in the show. So that being said, thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, a special shout out to my everydayers to my Blue Crew community and my newcomers and everybody in between. And thank you also uh, to everybody who sent me um, well wishes. Uh, You guys might not have known it, but uh, I've been dealing with COVID, finally tested negative, but I still have some of the after effects feeling much better. And uh, I'm proud that I wasn't, you know, that I didn't miss a show for you guys because listen, Neither rain or sleet or COVID or whatever, the show must go on. So here I am. If I've got a voice, I'm going to continue to use it and bring you guys shows. So thank you again. All right. So I made a list of decisions that this team really needs to think about, um, not just over these last five games or so, but also going into the offseason. And, you know, I'm going to start off with the obvious one QB or not QB. All right. Now, We know Daniel Jones is under contract for next year. And Brian Dable has said that Daniel Jones will be the starter once he is healthy. Tommy DeVito is also under contract for next year. He's got one more year left on his deal. Um, I don't think, you know, I've had some people ask me, well, can DeVito maybe challenge for QB1? I don't think he's there yet, to be honest with you. I think if nothing else, maybe he can challenge for QB2. But Obviously, for the Giants, they're going to need another quarterback. Joe Shane has said that. Um, you know, it doesn't take an insider to figure that out. Tyrod Taylor uh, is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and it does look like they're going to move on from him. Great guy in the locker room, but, you know, looks like they're going to move on, maybe go for a cheaper option or, you know, maybe a little younger option. 
So now the decision comes down to, okay, do they draft? Do they go veteran free agent? What do they do? And kind of complicating the matter is Daniel Jones's rehab from the ACL. Now, the good news is, is Daniel Jones did confirm that the only thing he had really worked on um, when he had a surgery a couple of weeks ago was his ACL. There was no other structural damage like to a meniscus or any other ligaments. That's the good news. But will Jones be ready for training camp? I know that is his goal. But even if he is, how much has his mobility been compromised or will it be compromised while he fully heals? So the Giants, to me, you know, absolutely they're going to need another quarterback. Now, are they better off with a veteran quarterback or a young quarterback? Regardless of where the Giants draft, and I know there's there's this popular opinion that the Giants have to draft in the top, you know, five or top three in order to get a, a, a premier quarterback. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think the Giants could probably get away with, you know, picking up a young quarterback, maybe even as late as the second round, if, you know, they don't draft high enough to get one of these premium quarterbacks. And for all we know, maybe Joe Shane doesn't even think, you know, that these two quarterbacks, you know, Caleb Williams and Drake May are, are the right fit. So kind of premature to talk about it, but I do think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is the Giants are going to devote um, a draft pick to a quarterback. And it's going to be, if I had to take a guess by the second round, and that's as of today, this is no inside information or anything like that, just my gut feeling on what makes sense. You know, you can say, oh, they can go ahead and get a veteran, but they'll have to pay a little bit more for a veteran. And they're already on the hook for quite a lot with Daniel Jones. So to me, if you can get a rookie on his rookie deal, if Daniel doesn't work out next year and you're able to cut him, it makes more sense to me to have a rookie in place. This way you can maybe develop that rookie so that this way, if Daniel doesn't work out, you just slide him in, you know, year two, kind of like what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. So that's how I see that decision playing out. Now, as far as Tommy Cutlets goes, again, I do think he could potentially be a QB two. Although if the Giants draft another quarterback, DeVito becomes the QB three, continues to be a developmental prospect. And look, he's already developed, you know, gotten some development um, that really wasn't expected um, this year because of the injuries. So there's something there to work with for sure with uh, with DeVito. Just, you know, I think they're going to have to go the, young, the youth route. That's how I would do it. Um, they might feel veteran, but I would personally go youth and, and just let, you know, see where Daniel's at if he's ready to go. So that decision is going to have to be made sooner than later, obviously. All right. Another decision they're going to have to make, and this is a hot topic one, is, is Evan Neal a guard? Now, Joe Shane has said he's a tackle. Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, has said Evan Neal's a tackle. They have all said, well, you know, he doesn't have a big enough body of work for us to, you know, to, to say for sure that he's not a tackle. I would disagree with that. And here's why, you know, Joe Shane said he went back and he looked at Evan Neal at Alabama when he played tackle. All right. Evan Neal was at his best. I think when he played left tackle, number one, Evan Neal was also at his best when they had him going straight ahead, as opposed to on an angle 
which is how, you know, Neil has been coached with the Giants. So if you want that Evan Neal that you saw at Alabama, wouldn't it make sense to go back to what he did best? Now, I'm not saying you you put Andrew Thomas on the bench. No, you don't do that. Andrew Thomas is a stud. But if you want to make a go of it with Evan Neal at right tackle, why not go back to the technique that was working for him in Alabama and just let him run with that? I mean, it worked for him. Is it that bad that it wouldn't work in the NFL level? I would find that very hard to believe coming from a school like Alabama, where that football program is as close to being, you know, pro-ready as as anyone. So, you know, this whole argument, this resistance that Neil is not a guard, and, you know, Bobby Johnson, when he spoke to the media yesterday, kind of challenged and pushed back on that whole deal a, a little bit. You know, oh, you know, Guys, you don't draft the tackle to play to play guard. Baloney, that, that happens all the time. You see guys all the time. Um, Zach Martin from the Cowboys a few years ago, he was a tackle, I believe, in college. And he developed into an all-pro guard. Isn't the objective to just get a solid offensive line? You know, if you could get three solid offensive linemen, isn't that shouldn't that be your objective? So this whole resistance of not wanting to acknowledge that Neil could potentially be a guard, I don't understand why the Giants are just dug in on this, you know, other than maybe they don't want to admit that they made a mistake. But needless to say, you know, I want to see what happens with the offensive line coach. Maybe Bobby Johnson isn't back next year and maybe a new offensive line coach feels differently. Um, maybe Joe Shane and Brian Dable and the rest of the coaching staff have an epiphany and they say, Hey, you know what? If we're going to salvage this kid, maybe we should move him inside the guard, but to be stubborn and dig in right now, I just don't know what, what the, the benefit is. And don't tell me that you haven't seen enough of a body of work because there's enough games on there. It's not like Evan Neal has only played five or six games at the NFL level. So just my take on that. All right, coming up next, I've got some more key decisions that this team is going to need to make, so don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm currently taping this podcast, as you can see, but I'm starting to get a little hungry. So rather than run upstairs to the kitchen, where quite honestly, I don't have time to whip something up, I've called on my friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is great. They bring me what I want when I want it from all of my favorite restaurants, plus from local grocery stores and convenience stores. No matter what it is, I don't have to worry about getting it. DoorDash delivers. Whether it's pizza, wings, tacos, burgers, you name it, DoorDash gets it right. Or if they don't, they will make it right. For years, I've trusted DoorDash to deliver freshly made meals from my favorite restaurants, whether I'm at home or on the road, and they've never let me down. And DoorDash allows me to support my favorite small businesses, business stores like the Food Architects, Frank's Pizza, and a whole lot more. And did you know that when you sign up for a Dash Pass membership, that helps you save even more? That's right. You get free delivery on most orders and it more than pays for itself after just a couple of deliveries. There's never been a better time than now to join DoorDash. As for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23 at checkout. 
Offer subject to change. Terms apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina P. Train, and keep it here all week on the Locked on Giants podcast. Coming up tomorrow, on Tuesday, actually, uh, recap, takeaways from the Giants-Packers Monday night game, and then I've got a bunch of interviews that I'm working to bring you this week, including Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard, the Athletics national reporter Mike Sando, and if I can uh, find a time that works with his schedule, Giants inside linebacker Bobby Okereke. So lots coming up here on Locked on Giants podcast. And of course, my favorite is coming up as well, Crossover Thursday with the one and only Ross Jackson. And I'm excited for that as well. So got a full week worth of show. Let's get back to the current show, however, which are some decisions this team needs to make. I'm going to point to coaching staff. You know, over at Giants Country, Coach Gene Clemens did an article on coaches that may or may not be back. And we've talked about this before on the show here. Uh, Bobby Johnson, does he come back? You know, I personally think that uh, they might want to look in a different direction given how some of these younger players haven't been able to develop. Um, I think, you know, if they're going to continue to build the offensive line, you want to really get the most out of these guys. And I, I just don't see enough progress. And, you know, some people will say, well, Bobby Johnson's only been on the job for, for two seasons, but shouldn't we at least start to see a peak in some of these guys? And, you know, we didn't see consistency with Joshua Zuda when he came off of the injury list. Marcus McCaffin didn't, you know, handle it. They, he ended up getting benched after getting a starting opportunity so at what point do you say, okay, maybe the coaching is the problem here. Maybe we've got to go in a different direction. Mike Kafka, I still say, you know, out of all the coordinators, I don't expect him back. I think um, especially the Giants draft a new quarterback, um, Brian Dable is going to take on a very big hands-on role with that quarterback. Do I think Wink Martindale is going to be back? I sure hope so. I don't know that he is or isn't, but if there is indeed friction between him and Brian Dable, I hope the two of them sit down in a room together and work it out because there's nothing more disheartening than when you have two grown men and they can't work out their differences. I mean, if you sit down, I I, I firmly believe that something will, will give. Other assistant coaches, well, we know Jeff Nixon, running back coach, is probably going to leave for Syracuse, you know. Um, I don't know if there's going to be that much of a turnover. You know, there's been reports, obviously, of Dable just driving his coaching staff um, really hard. And I'm going to talk about that a little later on in the program because I have a thought about that. But, um, you know, Thomas McGahee, you know, is he going to be back? You know, I, I, I could go either way with that. I think, you know, it might be time to move on. But at, on the flip side, you know, you can make the argument that, he was only given what he was given to work with. But when I see procedural issues with not enough guys on the field or too many guys on the field or lane integrity issues, I'm sorry, that's on coaching. So, you know, which coaches are back? We'll see. Um, the Let's get back to the player personnel. The Giants got to get a number one receiver. Now, this year, the plan was to maybe have Darren Waller 
the tight end, be that number one receiver. Darren Waller, when healthy, is a great player. He has not been healthy now for several years. At what point do you say, okay, you know what? This was a nice experiment. It failed. We got to move on. So get yourself a young receiver who can stretch the field, who could be that alpha dog. I don't think the Giants really have that. You know, could Jalen Hyatt maybe develop into that? Possibly. But right now, the Giants really don't have that. And they need that. I don't care, you know, how many receivers, how many number one receivers are sitting home at the end of the year. You want a chance to compete? You get yourself a number one receiver. So that's something I think the Giants need to really seriously consider moving forward. I don't think the number one receiver is on the roster at all. And I'm counting Darren Waller again, who was supposed to be that pseudo receiver. Um, Going to talk a little bit about free agents, but specifically I want to talk about Saquon Barkley. Now at the start of the year, if you had said to me, would Saquon Barkley be back next year? I probably would have said no. I think now, given what he's shown, given um, you know the fact that he had another injury, I could see Saquon being back. I think it makes sense to bring him back. Now, would I break open the bank for him? No. But, you know, if they can't work out like a simple two or three year deal, you know, with an out after two years, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Saquon, he's still a very good player, has continues to have injury issues. You know, hopefully now that, you know, as we go into free agency in a, in a couple months, Saquon has that other agency working with him in addition to Rock Nation. Hopefully everybody just kind of takes a more realistic view and Saquon and, and the Giants are able to work something out here because I would really like to see him finish his career as a Giant. Other free agents, I mean, really the only other one that I'm going to mention is Xavier McKinney. And will he be back? Now, McKinney's been playing well these last few weeks. Is it too little too late? It might be. I think McKinney's going to go out and try and get himself a nice big deal that the Giants are not going to want to match. And the Giants, don't forget, they have, you know, Dane Belton in the, in the uh, wings to go along with Jason Pinnock. They could also draft another safety. I could see the Giants moving on from Xavier McKinney after this season. And, you know, I don't know how I would feel about that. I mean, I like X, um, but if it, he's going to cost an arm and a leg, you know, kind of like a few years ago when they had to decide whether to re-sign Landon Collins and Landon Collins went on and got this ridiculous deal from the commanders, which by the way, he didn't finish. That's kind of what I could see happening with Xavier McKinney. So, you know, you like to keep everybody, you'd like to see everybody back, but I'm not so sure that that happens. The Giants also have a bunch of guys on one-year deals. We'll see who comes back. I mean, I'm going to do a little deeper dive on that in a future show, but, you know, I, Saquon and, and Xavier McKinney to me are, are the two biggest ones that I felt, you know, were worth mentioning um, in, in this segment. Now, coming up next, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Because I see something developing with Brian Gable that I want to talk about that um, also happened a few years ago. And I just want to draw a parallel and talk about that because Dable, you know, in year two, finishing up year two of his, of this, uh, of his tenure, sort of little signs that are developing that are potentially disturbing. So I will tell you exactly what I mean 
right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry. And best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash, which the right projections. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, when every Tuesday price picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use the promo code Locked NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash NFL, And that promo code is Locked NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Price picks. Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Hey, Giant fans. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you all day, every day, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And the Giants, you know, these next five games, you know, the Giants are still in the playoff hunt. They have about a 1% chance of making it. No one's expecting them to really, you know, make a push. They're, they're, they're not going to make a run. Um, and I don't mean to be negative like that, but I'm trying to be realistic. I'm not going to, you know, be a Pollyanna and say, yay, they're going to make a run. When I, I just can't sit here and, you know, justify that. The players obviously feel differently, but who knows? I mean, that's why you line up and you play the game. But I want to talk about uh, something with Brian Dable. And I was thinking about this the other night um, about Dable. And, and, and I, you know, there, there's been some reports that Dable ha- has bristled his assistant coaches the wrong way, that he's really been driving them hard that it's to the point where now maybe there's going to be a mass exodus um, coming up after the season. And how is that going to work? You know, how will the Giants, you know, will they have to basically start all over again with a new coaching staff? I have a few thoughts on that. Number one, I don't think the entire staff is going to get turned over. Will there be, you know, a handful of people that leave? Probably. I mentioned um, a few of them in the prior segment. But here's the thing with Dable. You know, I thought back to when Tom Coughlin was hired to be the Giants head coach. It was more like, you know, Coughlin, what he said went and that was it. There was there just, you didn't get a sense that there was a relationship between him and the players. And that later came out to be true. And Coughlin, you know, because of his hard-headed ways, they the team at one point staged an intervention and basically said to him, look, Tom... If you don't soften up a little bit and start treating people like people, you're going to lose the locker room. And of course, Coughlin famously changed his ways. And we all know how that story went on. They won two Super Bowl championships. A lot of his players went on to love him. So that being said, how does that tie in with Dable? Well, Dable and and the players, they get along, you know, the relationships are there. Dable has really made an effort 
to build relationships with the players. And that's fine. But if these reports about him rubbing his staff the wrong way are true, that's something I think needs to be changed. Now, look, I get it. You expect results. You're in a results-driven business. You want everybody to work as hard as you are. You don't want anybody to be, you know, content with how things are going. And things are not going well for the team right now. We know that. But sometimes when you push people hard, really hard in, in hard times, that can backfire on you. So you don't think for a minute that the assistant coaches look at the record and say, this isn't good enough. I mean, if they, if they are, then they don't belong in the NFL or on a staff. All right. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is I almost see some similarities between what Coughlin went through when he was a new head coach here versus what Dable is going through. Dable is very, you know, driven, very uh, focused which is good, but sometimes, you know, you've got to, I guess, let people do what they need to do. And, you know, to be fair, I'm not in the building all the time. I'm not there when, when um, the coaches have their meetings. I don't know how, how uh, Dable interacts with his coaches. You know, I've heard things. I don't know if they're true or not, but um, I do know this. When things aren't going well, you need to band together. And I would hope that that's the approach Dable is taking, as opposed to maybe alienating people by really driving them. Because when you start to drive people, when things are going bad, they're going to be driven right off the ship. And do you really want to start over with, you know, a, a, a totally made over coaching staff? We'll see if they end up with a totally made over coaching staff. That remains to be seen. but. I just feel like Dable, you know, he's very fiery, very passionate, very competitive. But at some point, you need to kind of lay off a little bit, I think. You know, it's a fine balance. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that it's not. But if you drive people too hard, you're going to just absolutely, you know, be counterproductive. And I've seen that with other coaching staffs where head coaches have really driven their people to the point where they've just walked away or they have just thrown up their hands and said, look, he's the head coach. I just do what he says. And if it gets to a situation like that, that becomes a problem. So we'll see if, you know, that's something Dable when he sits down after the season and he looks at everything objectively, if that's something maybe he looks to change. Um, It's hard. You know, it's easier said than done when you have to change yourself. But I do get the sense that, you know, maybe that would not hurt moving forward. You know, build up the same type of relationships that you've been working on with the players, with your staff, so that, you know, everybody's equal, if you will. But we'll see. Again, that's just my perception based on what I have seen and what I have heard. It could be totally different in the building. Just something I wanted to throw out there. So... All right, everybody, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow I'll have the uh, takeaways from the Giants-Packers game. 
Then we will have interviews. Mike Sando of The Athletic will be on with me. I'll have Sterling Shepard on with me. Crossover Thursday with Ross Jackson. I'm walking on Saints. Plenty of stuff coming up. Bobby O'Karake is still to come. So keep it here all week long on the Locked on Giants podcast, and I will see you tomorrow.